0: Six championships in eight years. We were the greatest team ever. What time is that? I'm gonna ridicule you until you get on the same level with me. It was his team. My mentality was to go out and win at any cost. The doc is not just about 1997. It's not just about. Michael Jordan or the Bulls in their quest to win a sixth NBA title in eight years. It's not even really just about Michael Jordan's 13 years to get to that point. This doc is really about the culture of basketball at the time and the team that was bigger than the culture. And if we're having a culture conversation and we're talking hoops, we have to talk to the homie Faisal Camisa. So Faze, we saw the doc last night. Mm-hmm. You saw it literally in the middle of the night. Yeah. Your first impressions are what? Why is Michael Jordan so
1: swagless for a dude that was all world at basketball? You know, like that was the overarching thought I left with. No, I'm kidding. Although I'm not really kidding, to be honest with you, man. No, like post playing Michael Jordan is pretty swagless, you know, and I don't know if that makes a lot of sense.
0: Leak Fitz would not
1: have been his friend. I don't oh, think my. back
0: in the day. You know what I'm saying? It's funny you say that because I'm watching the first episode and they kind of do the prelude thing where you see them in their final season, the last end season, then you go back to earlier and said people's career. In episode one, it's Jordan. In episode two, it's Scottie Pippen. And when you're seeing Jordan 97, this is height of his fame. My wife is on the couch with me and she's just like, they didn't have tailors in 1997? Like, like word,
1: man. Like, what was it's going on? right question to ask.
0: The hoop earring as a thing, the beret hats. Like, it the was beret. just, there was a lot going on. What's funny, because my thoughts off top were not just that fashion-wise in terms of bad fashion. It was watching him actually play in games with sneakers yeah. on that now... We consider classics yeah. and are moving for, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of thousands, dollars. Yeah. It was weird to see him play high level basketball wearing them. But it was also having worn some of them. It's also crazy to think someone played basketball wearing those shoes. Like, no wonder you broke your foot in Correct. your second season. Exactly. Like, there's, no, there's no question you broke your foot. Of course you did. Like the Jordan 1 came out as this
1: iconic basketball shoe that three decades later, two and a half decades later, nobody is wearing to play basketball, right? Like that's such an unbelievable shift in fashion and culture as it relates to the game on the court. And uh, it was crazy to see as much as he was a trailblazer for the footwear game on the court, that shoe in particular, that model, the Jordan 1, is not used to play ball. I also had this like, Comparison method here, right? Where I'm looking at this from '97, and and I'm like, how would they talk sports then versus how they talk sports now? And Mm -hmm. my God, it's still kind of the same, right? Like the ESPN Sports Center banner goes on and says, "Are they the best ever?" Looking, I was like, wow, (laughs) we're still doing that in 40 years. Like we've been doing the same damn thing in sport in terms of comparisons to players and teams and. You know, that team had a grip for that, but it's just funny how sports coverage has been relatively the same for a pretty long time, you know?
0: Yeah, that's actually a great point. And maybe I just didn't consume media in the same way back then, because, I mean, just why would I? I was a kid. But hearing Jordan in a finals conference, openly, like, just talking against his organization, I was like, what? Like, really? That was a thing? let's dive a little bit into episode one where they kind of lay the groundwork for the series i'm going to write a piece for sports.ca just kind of like the takeaways from different episodes and i wrote this quote down players and coaches alone don't win championships organizations do the author of that quote is one jerry Krause like this is the thing i have in my memory foggy yeah they win three jordan leeson plays basketball they win another three then you know he kind of rides off into the sunset then comes back and has some ownership stake with the wizards and plays or whatever it's like wait no 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 they could have continued yeah. but their organization was like yeah we could we could like what the Warriors say they're light years ahead were the bulls light years behind like yeah, why would you like, do that Look, man, like one of the first
1: notes I wrote down were, is Jerry Reinsdorf okay? Like you're talking (laughs) about a rebuild after winning championship number five in seven years. And yo, listen, sometimes you just kind of let things play themselves out when you have a player of Michael Jordan's caliber on your team. And he said it too. Again, like that finals press conference, I kind of want to go back and watch it in its entirety if it's somewhere because – You know, a couple of the quotes, like one, we're entitled to defend what we have until we lose it. Like they're asking him about a rebuild after they've won a fifth championship in seven years. And he's still Michael Jordan. And they're talking about changing coaches. And he has, I have choices and I won't choose to play for another coach. I'm like, what? What the hell? Imagine that happened now. Like people will ask, oh, LeBron, like, are you coming back? Like to Cleveland next year. He's like, look, it's not the time right now. MJ was like, nah, like, let's get this tea right now. Let's get this all out here immediately like we're doing this and it, it was crazy it, it was crazy to watch that back because again I, i'm nine years old at the time and i don't consume it the way i obviously do now and looking back i was like holy crap that's like groundbreaking stuff for for sports game finals interview you have the best player in the world a guy that's better at basketball as people said in episode one than anybody ever was at doing anything and he's saying no like i, I i'm in charge here so I'm going to decide what goes on and not the people above me.
0: Crazy, crazy. So you're referencing the fact that Phil Jackson did not have a contract and wasn't necessarily coming back and ended up getting a one-year contract because the owner stepped in, Jerry Reinsdorf, and said, we don't care what you want to do, Jerry Krause. But Krause tells Phil Jackson, you could go 82-0, and 0, which, like, wouldn't actually have been that. Out of the realm of possibility. Right. Like, right. It's not like they weren't that far. He said, You go 82 and 0, you're not going to be the coach next year. Like, what? We have a saying on This Week in 30, our, our <laughs> show with Danielle Michaud We, we thrive, thrive in petty. petty. Evidently, Jerry Krause is the originator of We Thrive in Petty because I believe it was his stepdaughter's wedding. He invited every member of the Chicago Bulls and Tim Floyd, college coach at the time, Tim Floyd to the wedding and not Phil Jackson, which just lets you further know how much for some reason he hated Phil Jackson. I love the fact that Bulls players, Michael and Scotty among them openly trolled him. And like there was a whole side of the first episode where they're like yeah he has short man syndrome like he's, yeah his entire life he's been picked on and short and so he's trying to overcompensate and flex and he really doesn't have to like what just assemble the best players and win a championship and collect the checks but here's the weird thing he did that right like he did yes. that he
1: assembled the best players and helped them win championship but like trading for scotty pippen brilliant right like signing mm-hmm. scotty pippen to a. and i know we're dropping a little no, bit no, to episode sorry two. you're wrong
0: Scott Pippen, the Seattle Supersonics select Scott Pippen of Central, Arkansas. When David announces his name. He says Scott. Pippen. I, I want
1: to go on a sidebar there and I will in, in two seconds. But for as much as Jerry Krause gets villainized in, in episode one, like I got to give him a little bit of credit. Like this is yeah. a baseball scout that just went to the owner of the team and said, yo, I want to be your GM. Imagine the headlines in 2020 if a baseball scout was hired as a basketball GM. Imagine the sports cycle and how long that conversation would last if that was the case today. My guy is just like, yeah, no, like I'm a scout for the White Sox. I want to be your GM. And they're like, all right, cool, man. Like you got it, man. Like you're a smart guy, I guess. But, and he did it. Like he did what he was supposed to do in terms of building a really good team, I just think like that little man syndrome really, really got to him uh, to the point where he's like, well, you guys don't think I'm responsible for any of this. And we saw him have to clarify the quote you said off the top, right? Organizations win championships, not players and coaches. And he had to say, no, it's like we win together. You know, they forgot the word. And now I look like a bleephole, you know? And I was like, well, you kind of look like a bleephole for a lot of different reasons. But uh, it's not just the quote. So. As much as I wanted to crap on Jerry Krause, another part of me is like, you know what? I kind of respect the hustle and all of this as well because you kind of made yourself into this position and then you made it pay off by building a team that won as many games as you did. But not having the wherewithal to put aside your pride and ego to let this thing ride out a little bit longer is going to always be a big basketball what if. Like how many could they have won if they just decided to, to keep this going?
0: Yeah, we have the conversation oh, if MJ doesn't play baseball, right, maybe the Rockets never get one or two. Maybe they just steamroll all the way through. It's like, well, I mean, what if Jerry Krause just decides that, you know, he's going to not be in his feelings before Mm -hmm. that was a term and continue to bring the band back until they lost? Like, let's just continue to run it back and run it back until they lost. Teams rebuild because they have no other choice. He yes. was just openly being like, "Yeah, let's rebuild it. Like, let's <laughs> come on, let's, let's do this." It's like, wait, what? Why again? Oh, and especially when he, they had Scott Pippen on a discount. My guy was the sixth highest paid player on the team in the final season and was making the one hundred and twenty second money in the league. It was, it was that part of it too was crazy to hear that he was like, "Yeah." I'm just going to sign this seven-year deal and write it out. And, like, what could happen? I don't know. Cable TV exploding. Michael Jordan making the league bigger. David Stern taking the league international. And it's, like, all of a sudden, oops. Like, that deal I signed, not so smart anymore. But so, DJ,
1: like, when he signs a seven-year deal, right, in, in whenever it was, 91, I think he's thinking, like, yo, I, I made my money here, right? Yeah. And episode two does a really, really good job at taking you through the backstory of, Scott Pippen's life, you know, 12 siblings, a father who suffered a stroke when he was really young and a brother who was paralyzed because of a wrestling incident at school on the playground. And a guy that was the equipment manager at the University of Central Arkansas and begging for a scholarship once players became ineligible, like, you know, to make the NBA in itself was pretty remarkable. But then he had this ability to get paid $18 million. That's a lot of money for a guy that came up with nothing. With nothing, and you could guarantee that no matter what? Yeah, and you don't know that the TV revenues are going to grow. You don't know the game is going to get a little bit more global. But listen, you sign a contract in sports, it's not often in basketball, at least, you see players renegotiate those. I can't remember one off the top of my head at all. And Jerry Reinsworth said, like, I had this thing where if you sign a contract, I don't want to hear about it until your contract's up. Done and done. Even is advising him, look, I don't know if you should sign this contract. I don't know. The owner of the team getting a player on a super discount was like, I don't know if you should sign this contract because it's not going to optimize how much you earn. He's like, no, I want seven years. I want 18. No, done.
0: Okay. Yeah, that part was super revealing. And that bad blood between... Pippen and, and ownership manifests itself in the last season, where Pippen pulls a Shaquille O'Neal before Shaquille O'Neal ever did it to one of Phil Jackson's team, and was like, "Listen, I got hurt on company time. I'm gonna rehab on company time," and basically sabotages the beginning of the last season mm-hmm. by choosing to get a surgery uh, towards the end of the off season. Uh, these are all things that it's not that I didn't remember them. I don't think I had any idea. Yeah, Like, I don't think I had any idea all of the drama that was going on behind the scenes based on the interpersonal relationships on the team, never mind their quest to be the greatest basketball team of all time. I love how before I watched the first two episodes, the headline that was circulating
1: on Twitter was Michael Jordan told the director he was concerned about his image portrayal in the film because people were going to end up not liking him. And Michael was treated extremely kind by the media in his playing career, only for us to find out after that, he was kind of a bleephole, right? Like he was kind of a bleephole. We saw it in episode two where he's just riding players in practice over and over and over again. And all of that is because of the fact that he needed to prove to management and he needed to prove to ownership that now like this team is still good enough. Like it's crazy that the internal strife that you see and you mentioned it for a team that's won five of seven, you think there would be some, happy-go-lucky times there, you know? But not when Michael Jordan was on your team and still that damn good, right? Like, it was never about anything but perfection. And if you weren't offering it, whether you're management, whether you're ownership, or whether you're a player, he was going to make sure you knew. And uh, yeah, that like, he didn't mince words when he said people are not going to like how he's portrayed. Well, yeah, he's Michael Jordan. You don't get that good without being a bit of a bleep, right? And so... I found that extremely compelling as well because again, as a kid, as a nine-year-old, I don't know about Michael Jordan. But now as a 30-year-old, I'm like, oh yeah. This makes a lot of sense.
0: Right. You know the Haynes commercial, Michael Jordan. <laughs> yep. You know the sometimes I dream that he is me and I am him. Exactly. Like Mike, Michael Jordan, right? I dream I'm move. I, move. I dream I grew. Like Mike. If I could be like Mike. The guy who's playing basketball with cartoon characters. Exactly. I'm, I'm, Space Jam, I'm actually, man. Yes. I was actually bracing myself for worse. And I don't know if in the next couple episodes, the Jordan relationship with the players on his team gets worse. Like I'm, I'm basically waiting to see him punch Steve Kerr in the face is the scene that I'm looking forward to seeing because He did ride his teammates and he did get on them, but some of it was kind of like a little bit inaudible. Like that would be my only one critique is like, did we not have boom mics in the late nineties? Like what was going on? You had to strain to really hear him cussing out Ron Harper or Randy Brown in practice. And so I'm expecting something a lot worse in that sense. You know, and that's a small critique. The biggest, I think, strength of the doc is... Man, the lineup is stacked in terms oh, of man. who they interviewed. Yeah. First of all, the set locations were amazing. The cinematography was great. All the shots that they had were beautiful. So as a, you know, a production nerd, I was into that. Like, man, they got a profile shot that clean. Like that's amazing. But the in order of appearance between the first two, and these are just the notable names, no disrespect to Sam Smith who was a beat writer in Chicago at the time. <laughs> the names you're trying to hear from Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Michael Wilbon, Bill Wennington, shout out to Canada, David Aldridge, David Stern, Bob Costas, Dolores Jordan, that's Michael's mother, Roy Williams, James Worthy, Patrick Ewing, Pat Riley, Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson, Barack Obama, 44, Ahmad Rashad, Steve Kerr, then on top of that in episode two, we give you a little William Clinton, Bill Clinton, Charles... Oakley Danny Ainge as well yeah I mean did you say Larry Bird oh yeah sorry and Larry Bird sorry I forgot Larry Bird wasn't in episode one no he was was just in episode two the hick from French lick Larry (laughs) Bird first of all there's this whole like media myth thing that basically Jordan owns the rights to his footage like he not the NBA entertainment owns his rights and basically if you want to use anything Jordan you got to either pay him or clear through him so imagine that he has to give his (laughs) sign off on doing this and the guy doesn't do interviews he basically promotes a vodka like on good morning America every once in a while and like we'll do something with a moderate shot, like once every five years, and that's it. So the fact that they got him, which clearly you, you needed, is,
1: the is NBA All Star game was in Chicago, and we barely, if ever, saw Michael that's Jordan right. there. We did that's not, right. if ever, see him. Man, so yeah, that, that just goes to your point.
0: Yeah. So they get Jordan. They get all of this Jordan footage. They get Jordan's brother and mother. They get Jordan, you know, sitting for B roll shots in his house. The whole thing opens with a push kind of shot of his archway of him just like looking into the beach or something. But they get like heavy hitter names. And there's a couple of other names, musical artists, I'll spoil it, Justin Timberlake and Nas in future episodes. Who was the name that you saw that really stood out to you? It's like, OK, this is just a flex now.
1: All right. Well, I wrote a note here. I was like, how many former presidents are associated with this Bulls team? Like, I saw Barack Obama in episode one talking about not being able to afford $9 tickets back in 1984, right? And think about that for a second. Tickets were $9 at their peak. I think $16 or $18 to try to get in there for cheap seats, right? Um, And then, all right, here's Bill Clinton from Arkansas. Of course, like, the two most famous bulls are affiliated with two wildly famous presidents that, all right, let's just get them to talk about this come on like that is an all-time flex it was obama talking about being broke not like anything profound he's just like i couldn't afford tickets damn man that's just a flex line that you throw in there that it was crazy to me i also love off the top right you're hearing i'm michael jordan chicago bulls and all right cool Uh, i'm (laughs) scotty pippen from arkansas and then it's like i'm dennis Rodman. what's up like, what, what's up? I was just like, alright, like give me the Dennis Rodman episode now. Like Throw that in my face and let me hear everything everybody has to say about his association with that team and how the fame got to him. Because I want to know everything. Because he's just like, Dennis Rodman, what's up? I was like, alright, let's go. Let's go. Like like it's just another day for Dennis Rodman, where all these other guys are sitting and sharing vulnerable parts of their life that some people don't know. He's like, no, y'all know everything about me. Let, let's, get, let's get into this, you know? crazy it was crazy I, I think the president flex was the biggest whoa this is legit and uh when you see barack obama just pop up there it's just like okay yeah. yeah yeah we're here for a ride
0: the crazy thing about that sequence with barack talking about the nine dollar tickets is you know the explanation that pre-jordan the bulls were not really a thing in chicago which is crazy now to think of when you look at all the good college programs in Chicago, all the great players that have come out of Chicago, Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose, and Kevin Garnett, Anthony Davis, like it's a factory in terms of basketball. And it's like, wait, what do you mean that the city was split on the White Sox and Cubs? You know, everyone loved the Bears and oh, yeah, like the hockey team had pockets of fans. And then there was the Bulls. Like, wait, what? Didn't they say there was like a lacrosse team that was more popular than the Bulls in the same arena? Indoor soccer team was getting, Indoor more, soccer. was
1: getting more fans in the same arena than the Bulls were pre-Michael Jordan. Like, it is unbelievable to fathom that right now. in any For any basketball team, given how big the league is right now, like, you think back just 35 years,
0: holy crap, we've come a long way. Yeah, and the Bulls are a logo, a franchise that even though they haven't had much success since the the Derrick Rose, Jakeem Noah teams were fun and and made the playoffs, but they haven't really had sustained success and they certainly haven't won anything since. The Bulls are still a logo that you can go anywhere in the world and people identify with in the same way that they do, you know, a Yankees logo or a Raiders logo in football and in baseball. And so the fact that they were just not even rating in chicago i was like man it's hard to even fathom that the other thing that to me i guess i didn't appreciate at the time seeing jordan in the playoffs his second year right against the boston celtics this is a boston celtics team with four hall of famers and the guy guarding jordan was dennis johnson considered one of the best perimeter defenders at the time And MJ coming off uh, an injury with the details around that is funny as well. Let's get into it in a sec, but coming off an injury against the, you know, 1A, 1B Celtics Lakers best team in the league at the time was just giving them work 49 in the first game, 63 in the second. And I bring it up because we always have this debate, you know, Jordan, LeBron, Jordan, LeBron, who's better, whatever. And I, I think if you just watch LeBron play like the things that he can do as a basketball player, Look Jordan just couldn't do. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's faster. He's an incredible passer. However, I think the difference is the golf in between the Come guys on, Jordan right? was playing against and what he was doing. Is way bigger than the gulf between things LeBron's doing and guys he's playing against right now. Jordan's doing step backs and turn away fades in the 80s and 90s when no one else is doing anything close to that. But also, the guys guarding him, they look like me and you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they yeah, don't yeah,
0: yeah. even look like close to an athlete. And he just looks like a gazelle with every body part is like exactly in tune. Seeing him just go off in the playoffs was nuts. Well, I thought it was
1: even wilder, the story leading up to them making the playoffs, right? Like they make the playoffs as a 30 and 52 team because Michael Jordan is injured and misses what, 60 something games with with an ankle. And uh, when he comes back, like that's load management, right? They're load managing Michael Jordan pre Kawhi Leonard load management that like you can play seven minutes a half on a stopwatch with a sound that goes off that means you have to come off so much so that in the last week of the season in a game they have to win essentially to give them a good chance at making the playoffs there's 15 seconds left in the game and they're not letting michael go back on the court because his seven minutes have been eclipsed now they win the game and they make the playoffs but like i thought that was insane i thought it was insane The fact that they allowed him to come back and were restricting him like that. And then I also thought it was insane that he came back, period. And just in hindsight, because DJ, like, think about the massive, massive what-ifs that come from basketball if Michael Jordan gets hurt again. Okay, so they say, all right, there's a 10% chance of re-injuring yourself when playing. I know he didn't care. But again, the Bulls, the league, Nike, Jordan, Michael himself, like, think about the trickle-down effect that would have happened if he had a career-ending injury or something that altered the trajectory of his play in just his second season. It was, to me, it was crazy. Because again, I didn't know about the injury in 85. I was zero years old then. Mine is three years old back in 1985. So I didn't know any of that. And so I'm watching that thinking, holy crap, the landscape of this league could have been so wholly different if Michael Jordan gets hurt again. But of course he doesn't. And of course he comes back. And then, yeah, all right, they lose game one of the playoffs against the first seed Celtics and he goes off for 49. And then in between games, he's playing golf with his opponent on the court for money. (laughs) Again, and I keep thinking back to how the hell would people react to that today? And they would not be positive. But back then it was like, all right, it's Michael Jordan. What the hell are we going to say? Like, what are we going to say to Michael Jordan? And then he goes off for 63. And then he's like, all right, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Like, I just thought it was all so surreal. It felt so um, Hollywood. It felt unlike what modern sports as we know it would allow to have happen. You know?
0: Dude, we forget this because he has won a championship but Kyle Lowry in between playoff games wanted to go to Ty Lu's house yeah. and was eviscerated for it. Michael yeah. Jordan played 18 holes of golf with a guy who's going to be guarding him the next yeah. day yeah. and it was, it was not a thing and he gave that guy Danny Ainge He gave him work. Before we we get into that, you mentioned it, the fact that he was on a legit stopwatch, seven minutes a half, and he's begging the coach to play him the most high levered seven minutes he can think of. This was both load management and tanking before load management (laughs) and tanking were were real topics because the Bulls had no interest in making the playoffs. They knew they were going to beat the Celtics. They wanted another draft pick. And, oh, by the way, they were probably right. Like, that's probably what you should have done, especially when he could have re-injured himself. And you mentioned the fact that there was a risk of re-injury. A couple things that just would never, ever happen. He's like, okay, well, if I'm going to rehab, I want to go back to Chapel Hill and rehab on my own. Okay, Peace, wait, what? He goes back to Chapel Hill for two to three months to, I don't know, get an education or something. My guy is playing five on five and the Bulls have no (laughs) No idea. idea. They have no idea. So he comes back and they're like, listen, there's a real risk of injury. It's a one out of 10 uh, chance that you re-injure it. And Mike's like, okay, those are good odds. It's nine (laughs) out of 10. They're like, no, 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 you don't understand. If you re-injure it, it's career threatening. It could be a wrap. This is at the same time that Cheryl Miller tore her ACL, something that yeah. people come back to in less than a year. Her career was over. Done. Like Modern medicine was way different at the time. So Jordan, if he breaks his foot again, it's a wrap. There is no Jordan 2 or 3 or 4. It's over. And so he's like, no, no, I don't care. I want to play. And <laughs> Ryan Storff says... If I gave you a if you had a headache and I gave you a bottle of pills, and I told you of the 10 pills in there, one of them would kill you, but nine would cure the headache. Would you take a pill? And Jordan, because he's a sociopath, is like, <laughs> well, it depends how bad the effing headache is. What? But of course, because that's why he's Michael Jordan. That's why he went back and played and gave the Celtics work. That part was, I think, my favorite sequence was that the Bulls (laughs) were tanking and load managing and they tried to do both. And Michael Jordan's will was like, yeah, I don't care about any of this. (laughs) Oh,
1: my God. I remember reading uh, parts of the Michael Jordan book from uh, Michael Jordan, The Life. I remember The Bulls had hired a psychologist that used to play basketball himself, but they hired a psychologist and he was so enamored, of course, by Michael Jordan because, you know, it's Michael Jordan. He's like, oh, he's got to be like some sort of bipolar or he's got to be some sort of a guy that's like really different when he plays versus when he doesn't play. But he's like, no, like he ended up just being the same human being that was cutthroat and manic and obsessive and all these things in one Because he's Michael Jordan, right? And so you're not trying to stop Michael Jordan from playing basketball. And it gave me a a bit of a glimpse into the mindset of players in general when we talk about, oh, yeah, like, it's good. Like, you know, Steph Curry shouldn't come back because, you know, he knows that the Warriors can get a good draft pick if, if they lose all these games. And that was kind of the conversation this year. But he's – Steph Curry's like, no, nah, like, I don't care. Like, what do I care about that? That's not my job. My job is to go win basketball games. Like, of course, you're not going to stop a player from going on the court so much so that he secretly did it, like you said, when he went to Chapel Hill. Like, the legend of Michael Jordan is the way it is right now because of things like this, right? Because he's telling ownership, yeah, depends how bad the freaking headache is. Like, I don't want your reason. I just want to go play. I also like how Michael – Play the odds early. Like, we know the whole gambling thing. He's like, 10%? That's 90% chance I'm winning here, right? Like, let's let's double down on this if I could. And it just makes the most sense, given everything that we know about Michael Jordan. And if you haven't read the book, to anybody that's listening, like, it might be a good reason to start picking it up right now in conjunction with this doc, or even after, like, it's just so crazy to hear these stories. And again, I I didn't know this one, but... Everything I did know or I do know about Michael aligns 100% with, with this. It's extremely, extremely consistent.
0: Yeah, that mentality, there's a story from his dad, obviously, um, when he was still alive doing an interview, talking about the fact that when he was young, Michael tried to help him you know, fix the car. He didn't know what he was doing, didn't know what any of the tools were. And his older brother did. And his dad kind of dismissed him and said, Try to go back in the house with your mom. You don't know what you're doing. And that just fueled him in terms of like, okay, I'm going to prove, you know, that I'm, I'm worthy and that I'm going to be respected. You mentioned mentality. And, and this is, you know, the last part of the, the first two episodes that I really found super, super intriguing. And it's the mentality scotty pippen when he comes in and you mentioned it earlier in the pod basically someone with not a lot of accolades not the pedigree that michael jordan had michael jordan hit the game-winning shot for a yeah. blue blood program in in beating georgetown in the ncaa championship he was he was the best player in college basketball scotty pippen went to a small technical college and he comes into the chicago bulls and he says He's going to be better than Michael Jordan. So much so, and it shows me this person's mentality too that Charles Oakley beat him up for it. Yep. Because he was just a bully. Like, I loved hearing those stories between the two of them in retrospect because it helps frame who they are now. Scottie Pippen, even though he was on the team with Michael Jordan, like, he probably ends up being the. The second, third, fourth, greatest player of that era. Like, yeah. he was really, really good as well and didn't shy away from anything. And Charles Oakley is just hes just an enforcer at all times. <laughs> the notorious hazing going
1: on, like, in the 80s that, again, would not have been looked at too fondly today, right? It was just kind of accepted in all sports back in the day. Like, we saw him slap the guy on TV, right? Like, we yeah. just like, all right, here, I'm going to slap you in the face. And then Pippen's talking about him getting beat up Uh, by Charles Oakley because of the things he's saying. And again, like two wildly different players that lucked onto the same team, man. Like think about what had to happen for Pippen and Jordan to get to play together. Like first of all, Houston and Portland had to pass on Michael Jordan in the 84 draft, okay? Which in hindsight always continues to be ridiculous for as good as Hakeem Olajuwon was. And Portland was like, oh, we have Clyde Drexler. We don't need a Michael Jordan. So we're going to draft Sam Bowie who, I mean, we we know what happened there. Um, And then for Chicago to trade for Scottie Pippen the night before the draft and to get him and and for it to all work out a few years later, like, it's crazy. And I keep thinking about Scottie Pippen's rise in basketball. And I was like, what an unbelievable story that is. And he happens to be the second best player of a generation of basketball. Like, get the hell out of here with all those pieces aligning. And, like, it took MJ, what, a little over half a decade to win a championship? Again, in an era of sports now? Like, we remember how much LeBron was vilified, right? Like, for not winning, not winning, not winning, and then he won, and like, ah, it's, he teamed up with this. Like, imagine again, if you're Michael Jordan, you're that good, you're rookie of the year, you're this flashy, you have your shoe, and you're not winning, you'd be ridiculed, man. Like, you'd be ridiculed time and time again. But sports were just kind of different back then in, in that sense. I talked to the beginning about how the narratives were still the same. Are they the best ever? Like, blah, blah, blah. But I wonder what the headlines were about that Bulls team and, that Bulls team in particular with Michael Jordan and early Scottie Pippen getting bounced in the playoffs year in and year out before they actually finally won.
0: Yeah, I mean, getting bounced before they even got to the conference finals. They Mm -hmm. had to eventually get past the Pistons. The Pistons, yeah. The Celtics were a dominant team in that era. There's a quote in the doc from Magic Johnson who says, guys like myself and Larry who knew the game of basketball, we knew the guy was coming, that guy being Michael Jordan. He just needed the right horses to go along with him. And that's the thing. You're playing in an era where there's multiple teams in both conferences that all are stacked with Hall of Famers. And because free agency wasn't clearly as fluid as it is now, and because dudes were just willing to take the money and do deals like seven year deals, the rosters kind of stayed the same. And so eventually, obviously the Bulls overcome all of that, but it was just crazy to see Jordan before he got the help. Willing his team to push the Boston Celtics, one of the greatest teams of all time, to overtime. As uh, as we wrap, and that's I mean that's a lot. And those are just the first two of ten uh, can I, episodes. Can I
1: bring up one thing then before we wrap? Yeah, yeah, of course. How famous would they have been if they just stuck with Mike Jordan and Scott Pippen? Scott Pippen. That's that's what I want to know. That's like name a famous <laughs> Scott, man. Name me a famous Scott, honestly. Van Pelt yeah be like okay all right like but that's (laughs) vamp out like he's got the he's got the last name that kind of works with that like scott pippen doesn't move the needle for me mike jordan like name of famous mike beyond tyson i can't right i can't even jay-z had to pretend he was michael tyson in this jackson jordan tyson you know whatever game set like man so like to see like the early yearbooks and david stern announced pippen as scott pippen i was like Man, like, those guys had no chance until they changed the names to two syllables, you know? Right. And uh, I loved it, man. I was just like, there's no way Scott Pippen becomes the guy that he is right now. But
0: Scottie Pippen,
1: yeah, I'd bank on Scottie Pippen being okay.
0: Yeah, Scott Pippen (laughs) is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer,
1: right, right.
0: What are you you looking forward to seeing? What are you hoping to unpack and explore with the next episodes
1: yeah i kind of mentioned this but i really want to see the dennis rodman effect on all of this i really 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 want to see that because he's a guy that bought into all the hype that came with the jordan bulls right and so i want to see how he ended up being the dennis rodman we know him as today and i wonder if they explore that in depth and i want to see like as that last season went on like how those relationships soured even more and how Jerry Krause was even more vilified and how much more did Michael Jordan make fun of him on the court in front of everybody and camera crews, by the way, to play into the little man syndrome that we talked about too. And so to be completely honest, I'm ready for whatever they want to give me. Like it was four minutes in and I texted you. I'm like, I'm all in. Like I'm very all in on this. This was (laughs) one in the morning. It was like, yeah, I'm in (laughs) like, uh, not that I wasn't going to be, but it took me like Right off the top, it just starts with the flex, like the silhouette shot of Michael Jordan looking onto the beach and them just for the fifth time in seven years. I'm like, that's just how you start. Like, just remind me of how damn good you were, man. And so I'm I'm ready for whatever ride they want to take me on.
0: See, I'm ready for the debauchery. Like, that's what I want. (laughs) I'm just ready. So there's a scene in his rookie season and Jordan's talking about being in a hotel. Uh, in Illinois and you know, knocking on the door. And oh, his, man. His teammates are in there. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, no. And it's just you look one way and there's weed and you look another way and there's lines of coke and you look another way and there's a bunch of women. And Jordan gives the quote, I'm out. Because if they come and raid this place, I'm just as guilty as everyone else. And basically just talks about the team before he got there was basically doing everything illegal. So they named something illegal. That's what they were doing. And they were doing a lot of winning (laughs) at the time. And so you have these B-roll shots of country, young, innocent Michael Jordan at his house. Like, you know, ironing his jeans and his parents coming up from North Carolina to spend time with him because he's lonely on the road. And I'm like, okay, I need to... No, how we went from that Jordan to the Jordan who was gambling, allegedly, during playoff series in casinos. Like, that's what I need to know. I want to see how we get that transition. (laughs) So we haven't seen this yet, this part of it, but it's alluded to a bit. Scottie Pippen tells a story about the fact that Jordan buys him golf clubs. Yep. When he gets to, to the team and the producer is like, oh, that's that's nice of him. And Scotty's like, no, he just wanted to take my money on the golf course. That gives you a window into the fact that Jordan is, one, he's competitive, but two, he's a gambler. Like that is the addiction that he loves to feed. Man. Yes. And so we haven't seen this yet in the doc, but there is a urban legend. and I hope it's explored. And I don't know if you've heard this phase, but there's a story oh, that- going. okay so okay so you have heard it then there's a story that the in-game ops in the arena in chicago you know they play the games like uh okay well which cup is the bull logo under whatever guess how many jelly beans are in the jar whatever all that stuff they play (laughs) to keep people interested during timeouts jordan would bet on the winner uh on the right answer of these competitions with a security member who's there on the side of the bench just to protect the team little did said security member who's probably at the time making like what 35 30 grand? Yeah. usd yeah. right <laughs> little did they know that jordan had talked to the in-game ops and marketing people and knew all the right answers Jeez. and the only yeah. way that said security guard would ever win these games is if he guessed first and he guessed correctly. The, yeah. Because otherwise, Michael Jordan was winning. And I'm not sure why after 82 games and 13 seasons, this security <laughs> guard was like- yeah, I'll still play is, with you. How is this guy undefeated at, at deciding <laughs> these stupid Jumbotron games?
1: <laughs> Forget
0: about basketball. This is your real calling, Mike Jordan. Like what? But that just shows you the level of competition that he doesn't even really want to compete. He just wants to cheat and steal people's money, money that they needed more than he did. (laughs) That's the type of stuff that I'm hoping they unpack in the next episodes. For you and, and the viewers, I want you to
1: also look at this. Whenever they cut to the current Jordan talking about, you know, the flashbacks or just look at the glass and look at how many times it's empty and full again because that's one of the things I noticed the little glass next to him. I don't know what he's drinking. Uh, it it appears to be some sort of maybe scotch or something, but yeah, yeah, look at how many times it's near the bottom and then full again, because, uh, it it gives you an insight probably as to, and maybe that's correlated with how open he is about certain things when, when he's talking. But it's one of the funny things I noticed was like, Oh, I thought that glass was empty in the last shot. Oh, it's full again. Oh, now it's kind of half here. Uh, how much was my guy going in? Um, Into the glass uh, while revealing all these details. I also don't know what is next to his glass on that table. And I I couldn't for the life of me figure it out. And so maybe uh, over the next few episodes, I'll I'll be able to get some insight into that. And if anybody knows, I was going crazy trying to figure out what the hell was next to his glass on the table. Some orange thing. It looked like pliers, but why would it be pliers? So uh, I'll,
0: I'll figure that out on my own. Yeah, if you are watching and figure it out, please Please let us know. I'm guessing that it was scotch based on the color, but also it was the exact color of Michael Jordan's eyes, who was bloodshot throughout the entire thing. So much so that it's like, yeah, it's a flex that you have this beautiful shot of Jordan, but can we just have like a little bit more B-roll? This is tough to watch. (laughs) But it was an experience nonetheless. And you're right, he was super, super candid, which was nice. This has been fun. Hopefully we can continue to watch and continue to unpack them because the entire series is just a stream of consciousness of things that I loved when I was young and things that I had no idea happened because I was two when this run started. You were not (laughs) born yet. Um, But this has been fun. At SN Faisal Kamisa is the handle on Twitter. Let us know how you're interacting with the series, what you liked, what you didn't like. The other thing, Faze, and we've had the privilege of seeing this before everyone else is, I'm ready for the memes. Like, this is going to be a secondary experience of seeing the content that is created based off people consuming the content. <sighs>
1: can't wait.
0: I can't wait. Either. This has been Free Association. I am Donovan Bennett. Please like, favorite, share, subscribe, and just listen. Thank you.